And this is Mike Nesmith, Mickey Dolans, and Peter Tom, and Davy Jones, and Mickey Dolans, reminding you to save the Texas Prairie Chicken. To the Monkees' original 1966 album, I'm Matt Derson, and I'll be true to you. Yes, I will. And I'm John Hunt, and I'm going to buy me a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we have another person, No Clay. It's Clay Inferno. Hashtag No Clay. But we have our friend Yo, who was here on our Mike Nesbeth episode, and he, yeah, it's going to help us out on this one. Right. That's me. I'm That's Chris you. Kelly, and I want to be free. <laughs> well, he's Get me out of here. I've had enough. All right. That's it. Good night. So we, uh, <laughs> we were fans back, then, back in the day. I guess we still are, even though there's like yeah. only one there's monkey l- left. Like one person yeah. left from the, like everything. With the, well, Is Tommy uh, Boyce still alive? Or? Yeah, one of them is still uh, alive. Bobby- Bobby Hart's alive. Yeah. Bobby Hart's alive. Tommy Boyce killed himself. Oh my God! Terrible. Yeah. And a Days of Our Lives T-shirt. What? What? Oh. <laughs> yeah, they wrote the they wrote the theme song to Days of Our Lives. That's right, because oh, that was like his okay. biggest. That was like his biggest like royalty was from that. Yeah. Well, like I said, played other, every day. Yeah. Yeah, they did a couple other songs. They had that Jay and the American song. Yeah. Uh, Come a little bit closer. You're my kind of man. Now he's, now he's missing out on his Marvel money because they used that in the Guardian, the last Guardians movie. That, yeah. yeah. Should have stayed they, alive. They put all those songs in that. But, he should have uh, yeah, stayed he was, alive. <laughs> but he was what, he was sick though, right? And yeah, he was he sort of like yeah. he was like fifty fourish or something. That's it. And he, yeah, and he was like, he was like, I don't want to live. It's going to be like this. So I think he went and killed himself. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm glad we're starting, starting off on a positive note. <laughs> yeah. Hey. All right. So if you don't know, uh, I'm sure you, if you're listening to this, you probably know who the monkeys are. But yeah, they were these four guys put together by Bob Rafelson, who also passed away recently. So poor one out for him, I guess. Um, Raybert. What's the company? Because yeah, Bob Rafelson uh, and Bert Schneider. Yeah, Bert Schneider's already dead, too. Boy. Yeah, they just drop him like flies. If you were involved in the monkeys, forget no, it. No, Mickey Dolan should watch out. Yeah. Although Bob Rafelson was like 89. No one's so. left. Yeah, he, he had a good run. Yeah. So. Anyway, so they were supposed to be a band on this show, and so they they had music. and they didn't. They didn't have enough material for shows uh you know because they were going to crank out two two songs per episode so they had to bring in don kirshner who could do all that stuff he had a, a, a stable of songwriters that he could call on for for this thing right including tommy boyce and bobby hart who we uh, were just talking about oh but apparently i just found this out doing some research they weren't even let into the studio and very late in the game to record this album in 1966 
But yeah, this guy Snuff Garrett, who we were just talking about. Yo, do you, you know who Snuff Garrett is? Yeah, I do. Yeah, he was a he was a producer in the '60s, and he did a lot of like the horn arrangements for a lot of the '60s bands. And was, um, he was initially brought on, but I think they let him go. Yeah. Um, early on, like maybe this probably would have been spring '66. It says June uh, 10th. So you were very close. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just wasn't wasn't working. I don't know if the, if Kirk was really brought on yet because they had the pilot was written with the three songs from voice and heart so mm. the, the the pilot songs were the monkeys theme and i want to be free which had the two versions the fast one and the ballad version and then the um the third song was let's dance on so that's mm. what they used those were the three original pilot songs oh. so they had all all those three ready for the album so I'm, I'm trying to remember what what the other i'm trying to remember well, the timeline here well the quote from snuff garrett was that he had recorded a, a a version of take a giant step which did make the album carol king is one of the was a co-writer on that one and uh he chose davy as the lead singer but the other monkeys didn't really like that and then because they were kind of hmm. pushing back, Don Kirshner, who was involved then, uh, he bought out his, he bought him out of his contract. He brought Snuff out of his contract. He said, that was the most money I ever made on a single day. And then... Huh. Um, that sounds right then. Yeah. And so like, that was it. He was out. And like, they, they're not even on the reissue. His, ver he, his version of Take a Giant Step and he had a version of Let's Dance On, which did get on the album. But uh, his versions are, are gone. So it's just... Who knows? But yeah, infighting was apparently kind of a a sign of things to come, I guess. Not infighting necessarily among the monkeys, but in general, there was a lot of, you know, especially with Mike, of course, which we talked about. Go listen to our Mike Nesbitt episode. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, what else? Like, so well, what happened there? Did, well, the, the, the yeah, show I'm got picked to, up. I'm trying to think what happened. Well, first of all, yeah, the, yeah, show, the show got picked up. The show, was, well, the uh, show got, first of all, the, the pilot tanked. It got the lowest scores of all time. And uh, Rafelson re-edited it for whoever would watch, you know, pilots and stuff like that. But because people didn't understand who Davey was, who Mickey was, whatever. So that's why they stuck the, the screen tests on the end. And they, there was like a manager in the original episodes and they pulled in the original episode and they pulled him out and... Um, and then it tested much better. And then they, the show gets picked up, and that's when they have to bring in Don Kirscher because Boyce and Hart can't keep up with the demand for 26 episodes or whatever it was per season. And so he had his, his guys, and uh, he kind of seized control of the whole music thing at that point. Wow, okay. Is that about right? Uh, you know, I'm going by memory sure. here. Yeah, it sounds right. They need a lot of songs. The show's in production. Uh and they start shooting. They started shooting in June, so uh, you know it was picked up. I think early '66. Shooting starts in June. Then you need songs for all the shows you're shooting. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's why you hear like all those songs over and over again in the first five yeah. to ten episodes. It's all the same, <laughs> the same three songs constantly. I don't know. I don't think they were expecting to be picked up like that. So it was kind of a last minute effort yeah. to kind of get it going. Well, this says Boyce yeah. and Hart weren't even let into the studio 
until July of 66. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't there something like they were, they thought they were going to be the main people on the show, the main writers. And then it got turned over to Kirshner. And they were like, and then they used some excuse that uh, Kirshner said, like, um, Boys and Heart were using the studio to write their own songs. You know, like, (laughs) they'd go go in at like three in the morning and do like a three to seven a.m. session and do their own stuff. And they were like, they used that as an excuse to kind of can them. Oh, wow. So did they That's not kind of a, work on any monkey songs after this? Or I thought that they kind of were always around. No, they had, well, okay. they seemed to be on the side of the monkeys. They had, um, you know, their songs that were already written for that first, you know, the pilot. And they had those, you know, a couple other songs on the first album. They had the other songs in the can for uh, more of the monkeys, the second album. Mm. But um, they were kind of, they weren't in favorable conditions yeah. with Kirshner. So they, they were also, the other thing was that Kirshner was a New York-based guy, and they were on the West Coast. Oh. So Kirshner had his New York guys, you know, Carol King and Neil Diamond and uh, all, all those people that wrote. Sears and Roebuck? Sears and Roebuck. Famous Davy and uh, Joe. Oh. There. oh, okay. I missed that one. <laughs> well, Davy. They are all over this album. I guess we should talk about, I mean. We could go song by song. We can go song by song if you want. Yeah, like, yeah. obviously it starts off with the iconic theme from <laughs> The Monkees, which everybody knows. If you ever talk about anybody about The Monkees, they go, oh, hey, hey, we're The Monkees. You know, like, everybody yeah. knows this one. Hey, hey, we're The Monkees. And people say we monkey around. But we're too busy singing. annoying it kind of is <laughs> isn't it <laughs> that's how you can distinguish a real fan from just like some dude uh, right some dude from the, from the suit. peter tork apparently, 80s. i don't know peter tork gave an interview once where he said like he, he never wanted to play it live because like you know I don't, who wants to go up there and be like we're awesome here we come look at us like we're the best <laughs> So he never yeah. wanted to play it live. He's like, they'll, they, the, the band will play it, you know, like the backup band, yeah, like it? not them. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun Good. song though, in a way, I guess. There's a little bit of the um the theme song. I think of the show is like, to me, anyways, like a top twenty all time greatest theme song. It's the extended version that starts the album that's a little bit different like you know the instrumental break and it's not the same version right it's a little uh it's not what you expect but as a theme song you know like yeah a, well, as a theme song it's only a minute long or something or like right. 45 yeah, seconds long yeah but as a as an Based album on, cut uh, yeah they just had those extended verses and everything you're like hmm this doesn't sound like the song i watch yeah every right. day on my monkey show i, I always <laughs> skip kid, over I it put, Skip over. Yeah, I always skip over. If I listen to an album of the Monkees that has this song on it, I always skip over it. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean it's not yeah. like you know, it, but the idea is like these four young hip dudes, you know, hey, yeah. walking down the street. You know, I mean it's all. And it's uh, based on "Catch Us If You Can" by the Dave Clark Five. Tell yeah. the the similarities with the snaps and the uh, the drum fill. Mm. Yeah. Catch us if you can. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. Okay. That's Very what uh, Boys and Heart, 
Poison Heart said that's what they based it off at the last minute. It seemed like Poison Heart was like ripping someone off at the last minute. Like, <laughs> and they always just, just they always managed to pull something out. Yeah. Did the same thing with Valerie, I guess. They just needed yeah. a girl's name. It was supposed to be Valerie. What's her name? Uh, Carrie's Bennett. Who was on the show? She was Toby on the Rob Roy Fingerhead episode, <laughs> and her name was Valerie. And she was hanging around the set, and like they just took her name, like let's make a song real quick. So they were kind of notorious for like last minute songs. Yeah, they, and they'd always be like, "Well, the Beatles have this. Let's just do the opposite of that." Like, yeah, well, right. when we get to Last Train to Clarksville, we can talk. Well, about yeah, that. we'll yeah. we'll talk about that a lot. In the last train. We'll get there. But, yeah, one song at a time. But and then Yo Tim. De monkeys or whatever like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one's also that one's tough to listen to because the, the, the editing the editing on that is rough. And it's still edit, fun I, though. I don't know if I've ever heard the Mexican version of. It's oh, on it's on that, it's that there. picture disc. Oh, okay. Album. Yo, Tiempo de monkeys. Didn't Mickey? Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? Mickey yeah. sang it. That's that's hilarious. So. Yeah, stuff. Saturday's Child is the second track. She's always on the go, so I'm in love with Saturday's Child. Every time you take her out at night, you want to kiss and hold her way up tight. You can tell the future's looking bright. Saturday's Child in my heart. I don't even, is it, oh, David, sorry, David Gates. That's the guy, David Gates from Bread. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Oh, your brother's favorite band. Yeah, well, he just liked the name. I don't think he knew anything about them. But yeah, the front man from Bread wrote this wrote this one. Mickey again, like Mickey is pretty much most of the songs on this in case you, you know, were wondering. Tommy Boyce does the backing vocals. But these so these guys, most of these session musicians here were the Candy Store Prophets, I guess is the name of the band, and they were the the Boyce and Heart like they were the band they played with, and they would play in clubs and stuff, I guess, right? But uh, Yeah, they were the backup right? band for Boys and Heart for the most part, but they did a lot of uh, live shows with the Monkees. Oh. Or like, it was like the opening act, hmm. late 66 and the 67 stuff. It was like a, they shared, basically shared equipment. Oh. Kind of go, go back and forth. That's but yeah, cool. you can look up the tour dates and see like which, which dates they were on. Early on, especially, before Jimi Hendrix. Right. Yeah, because then they had, what, the Sundowners or something playing with them in 67? Yeah, the Sundowners. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean... Interesting time. <laughs> it was an interesting time, indeed. But, yeah, this one is all the... It's like Larry Taylor and Billy Lewis and Gene Estes are all, like, the... You see these names all over... If you look at the liner notes for this for this, this album, it's all these... Wayne Irwin. I almost said Wayne Newton, but it's not Wayne. Wayne that would have been interesting, too. Good old Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton, but uh, yeah, like <laughs> I suppose if you're into music, you probably know who these people are. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm not super into music, but Louis Shelton, and they're like all over this album. So hey, Louis Shelton, great, great guitar player, Louis Shelton. There, he was in lots of stuff in the '60s. Look him up, and you'll see like every song that he's played on. He's I was just watched a video of him recently, actually doing the leads, uh, last last train to Clarksville. Yeah. We'll get the last train of clock. So. But <laughs> the next one is yeah. uh, I, number three is I want to be I know free. it's hard to avoid it. <laughs> I know. We'll get it. 
I know. We'll get there. It's a song. But we'll get yeah, that's like the seventh song, man. Jeez, no, it's crazy. <laughs> Stop bringing it up. We got a long way to go. No, we don't yeah. have a long way to go because these songs are very short. I should point out too. There's, they're yeah, only they're only two and a half a minutes. A little over two and a half. Yeah, like or Papa Jean's Blues is only one fifty-five, and that's like probably the best one. <laughs> That's a short one. Yeah. Anyway, so I want to be free. You mentioned there were two two versions of I want to be free. This is the one that I don't think I liked that much as a kid. Yeah, this is the one I don't like. (laughs) I want to be free Like the bluebirds Flying by me Like the waves out on the blue sea If your love has to tie me Don't try me Say goodbye yeah, The past one was supposed to be like based on Bob Dylan, like a Rolling Stone oh, I want to be organ and Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I always liked that version that was on, They always had that on, that on that pilot episode yeah. And, um, before that, Missing Links, Volume Two came out. I was like, "Where's that song? How come it's only like that little? Did they only record that little snippet for that one episode?" And um, never really heard it until Missing Links, Volume Two came out. And what was that? Nineteen ninety. Yeah. Had to wait um, a long time. To yeah. Be. My God. Had to wait a long there time. There was. I. I had a. Uh, I had a bootleg that had that and. Um, all the King's Horses and stuff. It was, uh, I wish I could remember what it was called. It was something real weird, but apparently it was like sort of a famous book. Uh, monkey, monkey Business? Yeah, Monkey Business Fanzine, which had their um, classified ads in the back. And I used to get, I used to order from this guy. It was like Gary Blum or something like that. And uh, he had all, he had like, he sent like a catalog of everything he ever had. And I used to order from him so often that he started sending extra stuff, you know? So that was customer service. Like, I would get, like, bonus, well, this is tapes and stuff back then. And then he also sent, like, pictures of, like, that he took of the monkeys in concert to me. He's like, here's uh, here's some stuff from the last show. And I was like, great. That's great. That was also the guy that, like, remember we used to make jokes about Polly Wanabana because his spelling was a little... (laughs) (laughs) But he was a good guy. Yeah. it's good. Yeah. This one is yeah, was, a little different. I never knew how that stuff, pre-internet, that's kind of crazy how you have to go and like send a self, self-addressed stamped envelope. Yeah. And we'll send you a tape. Well, listen to our episode, Analog versus Digital. Yeah. I or, did. Or Analog uh, Shopping. Yeah, which we just yeah. did a couple weeks ago. I remember I buying know. like a, a bootleg from, I think I, you hooked me up. It's some sort of Japanese bootleg, and they were like, "Well, you talk to all, you talk to all, yeah, Melly, the, Melly. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Polly want a banana. Polly want a banana. Polly want a banana. You can find all that stuff on YouTube now. Like that concert is on YouTube. Like the audio. Only. Oh, is that the uh, that '68 concert? In yeah, Japan? in Japan. Yeah. Like, oh, salesman. Like, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. The problem the is, it's like they're they're talking over like the first like eight to twelve bars of a song and. and it's kind of annoying that way, but yeah. because it's it's really <laughs> interesting to yeah. to listen to them playing the songs live that like you never. Yeah, you know, Davey's on other, bass. Yeah. Oh my god, right? too. It's like, they're playing they're playing yeah. Dangerous Believer, the Believer on there, and I don't even know if they're playing with a piano or not. It just sounds like Mike's playing the piano part on his guitar. It's it's 
it's interesting. It's but it's it's neat. But uh, anyway, back to the real album. Well, yeah, yeah. If you were back curious, according to the liner notes that I'm looking at, they recorded "I Want to Be Free" from two to seven thirty p.m. at RCA Studio, RCA Victor Studio A, two to seven thirty p.m. Oh, that's good. That's. I don't know why we need to know that, but anyway. Well, it's crazy cool. though. You like, get it. Yeah, it's not that bad. Five hours, five and a half hours. Yeah, hmm. that stuff five is all hours, like not bad time. That stuff's all intricately detailed too, because it's all like the union musicians, so they have to like really yeah. be meticulous about the notes. So all those tapes had everyone's names, times, so they get paid if they get overtime. All so that stuff is all... in that Andrew Sandoval book, right? Yeah, the monkeys yeah. day by day. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it's all in there and it's all detailed and it's pretty incredible. But I guess that's just the, how it had to be to keep. You know, it's like their time card. You're a session musician, and you know, it's funny to see the names like you know, Hal Blaine and Glenn Campbell all yeah. pop up. Right. All you know, yeah, you know, big names from the the '60s, Wrecking Crew and yeah. Beach Boys, and also all the Did stuff. Did you watch? Did you watch that Wrecking Crew documentary? I've only seen little clips on YouTube. Yeah, the whole thing is on YouTube. Mickey's on it, right? He's on there. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I think Peter's in it, too. So, I mean, yeah, that show was a while ago that was made. But right. the Monkees were a fake band. Yeah, right. Even though the Wrecking Crew was playing with the Beach Boys <laughs> and the Ronettes and anything Phil Spector did. And... Hmm. Oh. Phil good. Spector. Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah. Boy, <laughs> what a good old... Him and Bill Cosby are probably yeah. hanging out together somewhere. <laughs> I mean, it is funny though. So I mean, yeah, we should, I guess we we didn't stress this, but like, so Davy Jones like does the vocals on this one, and like literally, he's the only. None of the other guys were allowed basically to even be in the studio, or they did. Well, yeah. Part of the to. problem was like, uh, Kirshner said that uh, you know, I think it was Kirshner, or it might have been Voice and Heart said that you got the four of them in the studio, and they all just started to like wrestle each other because. 19 20 year olds are full of energy and they're dumb and annoying and <laughs> like they couldn't get them to settle down so they had to bring in monkeys individually to record their parts because it was just too much horseplay going on that's interesting i never i never heard that i always just thought they were like yeah. we want to record our own stuff or at least mike, mike was saying no well no back then mickey right. and davy were totally fine with the like because i remember there was a line in one of the books it might have been the monkey's tales book where they talked about uh, you know mickey and davy consider themselves actors first performers second and musicians a distant third mm. they were ha they were happy to be doing what they were doing it was it was mike and peter that were sort of more of the, the musical integrity and all that stuff creative input to the songs mm. so yeah the next one tomorrow is going to be the other day 233 is the length i mean these songs, it's great i guess it was the time too i mean there weren't like, this is the kind of music they were making. But yeah, uh, tomorrow's going to be their day. This one, almost the same crew, although it has unknown tambourine, which um, <laughs> I thought was pretty funny. Uh, we don't know who played that. No one punched in for that one, I guess. Well, that's okay. Tomorrow's going to be another day. Hey, 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 hey. And I don't care what you say. Tomorrow's going to be... Tomorrow's gonna be, tomorrow's gonna be another day. Yeah, yeah. 
Ellison on harmonic. Did he pass away recently too? Yeah, I, I think, think so. Yeah, I think he's yeah he's he pops up. I don't know if he's still around. Uh, he wrote he, that um, any monkey stuff. He pops up a lot. He wrote a theme song to that TV show, show, right? Uh, what was that show called? I don't remember. But he was on like the Dolan's Jones Boys and Heart tour and, and stuff. I do remember that. Yeah. Was, yeah, uh, he's the... around. He, he's he's very much in bed with the monkeys. So. But yeah, other than that, it's, just, it's a lot of the same. Wayne Irwin and Louis Shelton and Larry Taylor and Billy Lewis and, and whatever. It's uh... Wayne Irwin, did. isn't he the new? Isn't he the guy who plays with them now? Oh, I don't know. So maybe there's a live version. I think who's the guy who plays with them now? There's a Wayne who plays live guitar with them, and Mickey. Recently. Is it Wayne Newton? Sorry. No, it's not Wayne Newton. It's not Wayne. Is it Bruce Wayne? Oh well, it's not Bruce Wayne. Hmm, who could it be? I don't know. Who could it maybe be? there's a live version or something that has him on it. But if the uh, yeah, the, the same crew. Yeah, I think it's a real catchy song. I really like it. It's not bad, yeah. Like it's it's tomorrow's gonna be another day. Um, sorry, sorry about that. that. <laughs> a, someone else sort of famous recorded that song, either at the same time or a little before or a little after. I can't remember who it was. Oh, tomorrow's gonna be. There was like day. a lot of songs that were recorded by other people first that came, like. Then they became monkey songs. Yeah. You know, like Paul Revere and the Raiders and stuff. Yeah, maybe that was it. You know, I know um, I'll Be True to You, Yes I Will, was the Hollies did that around the same time, possibly before. Interesting. I don't yeah. have a... It's like a really, the, the, the times was just, you know, people trying to do the songs before someone else did to get in there first. Yeah, right. 66. We want the hit. I should have probably mentioned this a minute ago. I'm sorry, but I want to be free. Apparently, Boyce and Hart wanted to write a song like Yesterday by the Beatles. Ah, uh, see? There we go. So, and they had to write it at the last minute. Probably. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so the next one, Papa Jean's Blues, though, like I said, it's R55, but this is the one that kind of, uh, this is the only one that Mike, not the only one that he's singing on, but the only one that, like, he wrote it. And Peter plays a little bit of guitar, He's got like a small rhythm guitar that gets buried somewhere in the mix. Hmm. He did get a credit on it, though. Yeah. That's yeah. A few extra bucks. Well, apparently that was Mike's. That was nice assistant. of him to include him. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah, was, like, yeah because he had. Yeah. Peter's told the story that he showed up at the studio for recording and brought his bass or whatever, and they were like, well, what are you doing? All the tracks are already done. We don't need this. And apparently he had felt humiliated and shamed by it. Yeah, I think that was also. I think that was last turn of Clarksville too. He like said he like showed up and had like a little piece of like a counterpoint to something in the bridge. Oh. And he showed up and like tried to show them like what are you talking about? It's done. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we'll talk about that in, in like cool. three more songs. Right. Well, two more. Okay. Yeah, track seven. But th- you're right though. Yeah. This one How has blues. I have no more than I did before, but now I've got all that I need. For I love you and I know you love me. It's a great song. It is a great song. This is, and I think this is one of Mike. Did Glenn, you know, did Glenn Campbell play the solo? I can't remember who played the solo on that. I thought Mike played the solo because he says "Play Magic Fingers." No, 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 play Magic Fingers. 
But I mean, there's a lot of people on guitar listed here. But isn't he say like Picket Luther or something at that part? Picket Luther. Yeah, that's yeah. a Johnny Cash reference. Yeah. Oh. That was right. Luther. Luther was Johnny Cash's lead guitarist. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I got... thought it was Luther Vandross. <laughs> Why a bunch of bottles in the background there? It's like a whole mishmash. But what a, what a great song though. Everything going on, and it wasn't even a hired writer. It was just this actor you hired for the show. I know. I mean, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, on the, it's even. I think it's in season two. It's in that. It's in season two once, and season one, twice. So like, they used it quite abundantly. Producers liked it. Oh, that's, that's, that's it. And it gives and it gives a hint of where Nesmith was going to take his music, in terms of country yeah, and rock. Great. Yeah. I still I don't get the whole like they they couldn't recognize the talent that he had right they had right there in front of him. Sometimes egos just get in the way, you know. So. And and uh, Kirshner was had a large ego and was sort of like I make all this money and I'm gonna do it my way. Yeah, I guess that's mm. that's it. I guess kind of a, yeah. like, I'm the money man and it's my way or the highway, but. Uh, yeah, I mean this. It's is probably the. I, I don't know if it's the. It's probably the best song on the whole album. Like, but it's. Hard. I'm not gonna go that far. I don't know if I go that, but I mean it. It's very. It's. It's so quick and all these people worked on it though. Like I said, so there's James Burton, Glenn Campbell, Al Casey, James Helms, Don Peak, and Peter Tork, all listed as guitar. This was Gary Coleman on percussion. So like, not of the. Gary Coleman. Yeah, the you know <laughs> before he was on different strokes. Yeah, different strokes. What you talking about, Kirshner? And we've got <laughs> <laughs> we got Hal Blaine, Frank DeVito, Jim Gordon on drums. So like all these different. Jim Gordon, Batman, Commissioner James Gordon. Yes, I mean it's just crazy. Like most of those other things were like same musicians, and this one, yeah, like completely. Completely different. Well, Ned Smith essentially produced this one on his own, right? Yeah. They let him do, like, a couple sessions. They'd have, like, simultaneous sessions going on. He would be in one studio, you know, on the other side of town, and they'd have Boyce and Hyde on the other side of town. There'd be, like, simultaneous sessions going on, but Nesmith would have his own own crew. Hmm. But it would be like, you know, you get to work from 12 to 4 a.m. It says it was recorded, yeah, 8 to 11.30 p.m. Yeah, that's not a good time to go in, especially after yeah. they probably acted all day. Well, yeah, the, yeah. We'll, we'll get to last train of Clarksville. Yeah, but, like, this says recorded at Western Recorder's Studio. Like, I mean, like, everything else was at RCA, and he was doing his there whole thing yeah. across town, apparently. I mean, it it is pretty funny when, when you know how, where it all went, you know, and eventually mm-hmm. they recorded their own, and, and Mike was... Yeah, I was never really clear on that, how they kind of brokered that deal with, like, how did the guy who got hired to be an actor on the show be like, I want to produce songs? I think he was pretty insistent uh, to anyone that would listen. Uh, <laughs> he like, I'm not gonna... Yeah, so he was like, like, I'm not going to do this. He was pretty headstrong, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So, I so kind of... at this point, it's so early that you can be like, all right, well, we'll have some other guy be Mike. Or be yeah, right. I mean, well, it... maybe a bit. How far into production of the show was this? And, you know. If they start filming in uh, June, right? Yeah. And this is July that they're recording July it. Well, you've 7th. got if you're if you're putting if you're doing an episode a week, you're already what like you know six episodes. Eight. in. It's probably yeah. you know. I guess that makes sense. 
Yeah, you can't replace him now. It's too late. Well, yeah, and maybe they just thought like, well, we'll let him do this one thing. Yeah, I also, yeah, you know, I think, I think he was going to the TV producers and saying, hey, I want to go do this, and I think they worked it out for him. I could be wrong, but you know, it seems but, like there was a point where, like, early on, they were like, all right, we need songs, so we'll take yeah. whatever we can get. Yeah, yeah. but then they kind of panicked. They panicked kind of early on. Of, like, we need more songs, and we need better songs. We need hits. So let's get Kirshner involved. Or yeah. he did do "I Dream a Genie" after all, right? Hmm. Or Gidget or whatever it was. No, it was. Uh, no, uh, was it Gidget? Yeah, I guess it was. We were talking about this earlier, and I completely lost that. But anyway, hmm. so yeah, take a giant step. Though you've played at love and lost And sorrows turned your heart to frost I will melt your heart again Remember the feeling as a child When you woke up and morning smiled This time you felt like you did then There's just no percentage in remembering the past It's time you learn to live again at last Come with me yesterday behind and take a giant step outside your mind this is also one of my favorite songs though i really like this one it's a good, good one too. it's just carol, carol king. king i like the drum i like the drums carol king. is it goffin king or is it just carol king no it's goffin yeah. and king yeah jerry goffin and, and that carol was the king. b-side to last train that's right, right? that's right hurrah hurrah a little this a little that and this one has, uh, you know, Bob Cooper on the oboe. So there you go. Thank you, Bob Cooper. A little oboe in there. But it, Scott I, Cooper. <laughs> not Scott Cooper from the Red Sox. And Bobby Hart is on the glockenspiel. This is the only one I think he plays anything on. He wrote a lot of, a couple of these songs, but. Plays the guys lot. that wrote them and the guys that sang them. Boys and Hart. Jones Jones, Boys and Hart. The great golden hits of the monkeys. <laughs> but I, yeah, this is all. This this is a great song. I mean, it is. Whenever I think of it, I think of uh, Mickey as Mrs. Arcadian. <laughs> That's what I did too. That's the tapping the fan, episode. Tapping the fan <laughs> and shaking his her wig. With uh, what's his name? The uh, commandant or whatever he is, the lieutenant. Yeah, yeah, the military guy. Yeah, what a good episode. That's an early one, but uh, yeah, that was. Great. It is a great song, and there's a nice version with Carol King singing it somewhere. Oh, I don't really? know if it's the demo. I don't know if it's a demo of that. She has a few of those, like the early demos of the Monkey songs. You can look them up on YouTube. Yeah, of uh, her initial demos, or she maybe re-recorded it later after the Monkey's version. But you can apparently Dolan's would like just mimic her voice. Exactly. Yeah, they sound like almost exactly alike. Um, the pitch everything mickey's got that high range and mm. she's got that nice quality to her voice but there is a nice version on youtube if you want to hear if you haven't heard it the the other the other person mickey sounds like when he sings is his sister coco yeah like oh. the two of them sound like that if you do they do like midnight midnight train no no that's yes. the two of them harmonizing but it sounds like mickey doing a harmony to himself but i think it's his sister <laughs> thing. Well, Mike, uh, I'm sorry, Mickey's voice kind of 
did, oh, you know, did he change or did he just decide, yeah, I'm going to try something else? I mean, I don't know. Because like later on in the live shows, he'd be a little bit more like a little bit me, you know, like kind of well, like something. Well, your voice starts to change as you get older. I but I so. want to go back to Papa Jean's Blues for one second. Oh, no, of course. That, please. that the harmony w- with Nesmith and Dolan's is perfect. I went on one night, like I got really drunk one night and I started playing a bunch <laughs> of monkey songs to Mrs. Elder. And I just went on and on about how Nesmith and Dolans were just the perfect complements to each other vocally. I was like, you put them together and they just sound amazing. You listen to me, Mrs. Elder. <laughs> Mike and Mickey's got the nice, smooth voice tones. That's what I was doing. I was, and I was like, that's and you know, stop them. You're a fucking, you're a asshole. fucking asshole. Is what I was <laughs> you know what you are? <laughs> And, uh, and the first time that Brom heard Papa Jean's Blues, he, he was like, oh, I understand the way you sing harmonies is the Mickey Dolan's octave, is what he called it, to, oh, nice. to sing from Mickey Dolan's. I mean, that's a good person to... to yeah, he's got to. one, of the, mean, like, one he... of the best voices in pop music ever. Absolutely, absolutely. And just so his, his voice is so... Even when he did the voice on the tick... I was like, oh my god! Like he was Arthur and the Tick for a little while, and then I think he stopped for whatever reason. But he stopped to go on tour with the Monkees. Oh really? Oh okay. Yeah. And I was kind of disappointed because I was I was almost watching it just for him. I mean, it was a funny show, but I was like, I really like Mickey Dolan as Arthur. He really killed. I have, but... I, have um, I have on DVD. I have um, like in the seventies. There was like an Evil Knievel kind of show called Devlin. And the main character was uh, voiced by Michael Bell, who did like Duke and Bruce Banner and Prowl. But uh, his his helper, his mechanic, was Mickey Dolenz as Todd. Mm, nice, good old Todd. Yeah, he did a bunch of Hanna Barbera voiceover stuff in the seventies. Wasn't there like a uh, like a show about a band that Mickey was like the drummer? Oh, or like a, oh. there was some sort of like one season Hanna Barbera show about like a band. I thought that was like the amazing Chan Chans or something. Other were like an Asian. Might have been it, the Chan Clan. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, there was there was something he was involved in. I'm trying. I can't remember what it was, but I I have seen it. Now I want to say it's almost like a Josie and the Pussycats type band. Yeah. Interesting. Sounds Um, about right. Not to remember. He also did the voice of of the Funky Phantom as well. The Funky Phantom. Wow! Here you go. I mean, that's why he is most of these songs, other than two Mikes and a couple Davies, but uh, most of these are Mickey Dolan's. And I guess you can count. I want to buy me, uh, I mean, I'm going to buy me a dog. We'll get there. But now, here we go. We are finally going to get to Last Train of Clarksville. The one that started it all, as we like to say, as because Mickey said that on 1960, the live 1960. And then, and then Mike says it on the live 2019 one. Oh. This is another Boyce and Heart. There's all kinds of like speculation that this was written about of uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. It is not. It is written about. It's just that they needed a cool sounding name. 
it sounds kind of more like last minute kind of almost but like they were just like they were last minute Clarksville they were <laughs> last minute they were rattling off names of towns and apparently one of them I forget if it was Boyce or Hart like used to ride through like this town in Arizona called Clarksville or it might even called Clarksdale I don't remember and then he said oh how about Clarksville but so it's just but it's like a war protest song in a way because he's this guy is going off to war he's going he's going to take the last train to Clarksville and he doesn't know if he's ever coming home but because it's the monkeys and they didn't think that they would the studio or anybody would approve like a a war protest song they kind of had to like hide it in this catchy rhythm and and whatever but um yeah this is this is they probably never played a show without playing this song right i mean do you think the monkeys I'll say so. show? right it's the opener usually yeah yeah it was I mean, it's a great song don't get me wrong but I, they must have gotten tired of it. even i got kind of tired of it but like yeah, i never so. tire of it really okay well, yeah i love this song it's it's toe tapping but you do hear yeah. it a lot and it's like even if you put on remember growing i up, say Oldies I say it was always on there. Yeah, Oldies on three. Out of the two songs, Classic. Clarksville or, or I'm a Believer, I get sick of I'm a Believer more than I Yes, am I agree with you there. It's, they're, they're kind of like yeah. one in one A there. Yeah. But I heard, like, wasn't it based off of Paperback Writer? Yes. Yeah. By the Beatles. Yeah. You heard like the fade out Paperback Writer. And, you thought yeah. you and then take and the also, last string. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. And also the no, no, no is because of the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they would always uh, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's... Good old boys and hearts. Just, just stealing, stealing just from... <laughs> <laughs> but also, oh. like, there was a lot... So the idea, apparently, so like we were saying earlier, they would record the show all day, and then they would bring in the... the well, mostly Mickey to record at night after they were done the, with the show. And so, like, one night, it was getting late, and Mickey couldn't really memorize how to sing the song, and that's where the do-do-do-do-do-do came from, like, because he just... Oh, well, yeah, that's just right. Like midnight. supposed to be words? Yeah, there was going to be words. Be like a, yeah. And he I've said, seen this on YouTube. He has, like, an interview where he's, like, it's, he kind of mumbles the words. He's, like, it's something in the back of the... Something in the tree. Something. I don't know. But he, and then, like, Bobby, Bobby Hart, apparently, he said, just... Just, just go do 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 do, and he did it. And like Mickey apparently did say, like, who knows if it would have worked if I actually sang words? But uh, I wonder what the words were, like, except, you know, in a tree or whatever you just said. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I wonder but, if it's in a. Bobby Hart does have a biography that came out six seven years ago. I don't know if he had details any of that stuff in there. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Probably doesn't remember. Who knows? Probably. Was, well, that's the thing. They were like, ago. they were really going like twenty four seven. So like, probably yeah. no one remembers. Exactly. And it was just they were working so hard on the show and the album at the same time, trying to meet all the deadlines. Yeah. Well, this song was also a hit before the show was even on. That's and right. They did, they did that promotion where they were on a train. The train to San Diego. Really? Yeah, have, and they they changed the name of the town to Clarksville for one day. Yeah, like the mayor oh. was like, oh, it's Clarksville. And welcome to Clarksville. Yeah. Was, was so like they, a, there's a YouTube footage of that, too. Of like, yeah, there is. Like super Eat. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it has there. any sound, though. I think no, it just, no sound. 
But they were talking about how, like, you know, like Mickey's drums were falling over because they were on a train, you know, trying to play on a train. And yeah. it was like a weird cross promotion thing with like a radio station to San Diego. But yeah, that was they, like, only, that was they only played a couple songs on that, as I recall. Was it a hit in August or September? The show yeah, started I, in September. Yeah, I think it was uh, It was almost like a month before the show came out. And, and the album came out in October, the full length. Yeah. yeah. It was like three, in three months yeah. from August, September, and October, they were like huge. Like this, instantly. Yeah. This yeah. says it was recorded August 16th or whatever. Car oh, released no, later. Wait, yeah, it, no, I'm sorry. July 25th. I'm sorry. Released Seven, August 16th? Issued as a cold yes. gem single, August sixteenth, nineteen sixty-six, and it went to number one. We should point out this is their this one. November it was nineteen. It was number one, so it was on seven episodes of the series, which was the most out of any of them, uh, any song. And it, yeah, it's the song. It's the one. Other than the theme. I guess the one that a lot of people know. Maybe they know I'm a believer because it was they did that cover in Shrek or whatever. But uh... I did this long before Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> He's been been using that joke for 25 years now. Yeah, yeah. even Shrek isn't. isn't <laughs> yeah. No one even knows Shrek anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but you, they still play that song though. I I still hear that song like on the radio sometimes when I listen to the radio, which I sometimes do. Uh, and I was like, the, Jesus Christ! The cover up. Yeah, fucking. Who is that that does it? I forget their name. Not Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. It, it yeah, is. it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Fuck it. Just play the original if you're going to play it. I mean, for Christ's sakes, but whatever. But anyway, but Last Train to Clarksville, yeah, it's. So Mickey Dolan's in that Wrecking Crew documentary, apparently, which I should probably watch, is quoted as saying that he thought there was resentment in the music industry that these guys who didn't even make their own music suddenly had the number one song <laughs> like it, he was like yeah, i feel like a lot of people were a little like it just came out of nowhere like he was saying came, like from august to november like that's it like they were suddenly three months they were a huge they were huge so without having to like play in clubs and and like you know play and like, yeah, work I mean, they, were, like, they were doing that all individually so you know it wasn't as though they hadn't paid their dues at all. It was just that they hadn't paid their dues together as a band. Right. In individually. The, in the music industry, they hadn't really. But yeah, he did say that, and he, he thought the music industry was pretty crooked too, so he kind of thought that people were mm. angry at that. But it, well, hey, it's, it's probably the same thing, or maybe not now, but it was when like a lot of these boy bands came out. Right. I mean, well, I think I think, yes, it's the exact same thing. If if the monkeys were essentially the first boy band, uh, you know, they were put together to the they, they weren't put together to make music. They were put together to make a show and they just happened to need music like a soundtrack for the show. That was essentially what it is. And I think that was always the misconception that the monkeys really were a band when really the monkeys were a TV show. Right. About a band. About a bit. It's like Leonard Nimoy becoming a Vulcan. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just get James Bond to play James Bond? <laughs> it was just a whole multimedia explosion, and no one saw it before. And I think people were just kind of pissed that it worked right? so quickly and easily. But it was a new thing. So, well, yeah. You know, what are you going to do? 
they were probably jealous that it, yeah, that it worked, you know. It's not like all these, like, you know, the Beach Boys had the Wrecking Crew and yeah. all these bands, all these hit singles weren't written by the people who sang them. Frank Sinatra didn't write any songs. You know, and he, was still, he, still had, he still had hits in the 60s and was making money, and he was just a singer. It was just a different medium with the TV show. Right. And um, almost instantly just kind of vilified them, which was always kind of strange to me, but I grew up in a different era. Right. I don't know what the initial fallout could be, because I can't, I can't imagine in 1965, when the pilot being shot, in 1966, people not, you know what I mean? Like, there wasn't, like, a big singer-songwriter culture at that time. It was kind of like, you know, pop singles and, you know, the locomotion and <laughs> uh, It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want To and Neil Sedaka and all those all those people just writing hits. Well, it, wasn't a, it, it wasn't this big, like, you know, counterculture singer-songwriter movement yet. Yeah, right. Maybe well, Bob Dylan, maybe, maybe the Beatles, but sure. they were still... They, it still wasn't Sgt. Peppers and it still wasn't that, you know... Crosby, Stills, and Nash. It wasn't that era yet. That's kind of one thing when I think about the timeline. I'm always kind of like, hmm, what was, what was the real reason? They, I think it was just the instant success because it was instant. Yeah, <laughs> right. It was the it was the, the first instant thing, the success. Thing. It was it was all the marketing and, and people saw it as very sort of corporate and crass. I think is uh, like re music lovers saw it that way. When again. It's the misunderstanding that the monkeys really weren't a band; they were a TV show. And, and a delightful TV show. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, it was like, it was a number one hit, and I guess the the thing is like what the, the key to knowing you know what's going to work is what works. Like it's just there's no it worked. I mean, people bought it. Yeah. And so I mean, that's right it. Song at the right time, and it's right. a good song. It's not like it's a terrible song. It's not no. Sugar, Sugar, Sugar by the Archies, another Kirshner thing, oh. which isn't isn't a very good song. It's no, not. it isn't. That was almost a monkey song. So. Yes. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. I uh, I I heard it knocked off uh, last night at Clarksville. Knocked off ninety six tears. Ninety by question mark and the Mysterians. Yeah. Yeah. Question mark. Ninety six tears. Ninety six tears. guy's a weird dude if you ever watch the like live videos of him like dancing when he's older like in like the 90s revival 60s shows he's just like has like a he has like funny braids and he's dancing around doing these cool little moves singing 96 tears still well i guess i just remember, I just remember that's just something in the back of my mind from those like you know <laughs> time warner the 60s peter noon davy jones mamas <laughs> and the papas all those compilation albums i just remember like watching they'd be on like you know wgbh any sort of public access uh, public channel. Oh, good old GBH. 96 tears. 96 tears. That's another one of those oldies 103 songs. Always, yeah. yeah. Those songs are embedded in my brain. I can't get them out. Me too. Yeah, yeah so anyways. Could be worse. No, it could track be worse. Track 7. I mean, that eight. was track 7. That was that was last year in the clock. So if you haven't heard it, go listen. I'm sure you've heard it. But anyway. This just doesn't seem to be my day, is the next one, track eight. I guess I should have stayed in bed, my pillow wrapped around my head. Instead of waking up to find a nightmare of a different kind, she went away. 
This just doesn't seem to be my day. This is when you can skip over. You can probably... Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to the album, you can this, skip over. The lyrics are kind of funny. Like, I just... I should have stayed in bed, my pillow wrapped around my head. Like, which is such like a goofy... <laughs> whatever. The streaker I mean... is running up the hill. <laughs> That, that first, guy, that, what's his name? Is it Otto? Is that the, the guy? Oh, in it? Yeah, the bald Yeah, dude. he's he's in uh, Santa Claus versus the Martians. Wow. As, as a Martian. You usurper. <laughs> what's that? That is, that's the uh, first episode of season one. That, that's the one yeah. they won the Emmy for. The Royal that's Flush. Right. Yeah. Oh, I... I, I, that's I, the I, song, I don't the song think that's... I don't think that's one of their strongest episodes either. No. Wait, no. Otto, Otto was the... Count. Who's the the guy, the other guy that had the mustache? Oh, and he was the gypsy in the other one. Yeah, he's the uh, one that's in Santa Claus versus the Martians. Oh, what the heck is his name? I can't think of the actor's name. Uh-oh. Uh oh. He's Victor. No, he's not Victor. I'm thinking of Victor from the circus episode. That's just too much for me to remember. You know what's interesting is if you watch episodes of the monkeys and episodes of Star Trek, you'll see all the same guest stars. You know? Yeah, they're all back and forth. Yeah. And the and Batman. There's a few yeah. of them mixed in. Yeah. Or as I call it, Batman. Batman. Are you sure it's not Santa Claus conquers the Martians? Oh yeah, sorry. Well, you know. You're right. Oh no, wait, that's not it. That's scheduled to come out in twenty twenty three. That's like... <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. It's one that they did on like. Oh no! Here it is, Rip the nineteen sixty four version. Uh, yeah, it has great. like Pia Zadora in it too. It's like I'm so kidding. glad they're gonna re remake this movie. Yeah, right. So that, that was totally worth it. Yeah. Well, rock, rockin' and roll, rock, rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know That's what I'm looking for here. I make I make reference to Sixty yeah. percent all the time, and no one has any idea what I'm talking 60%. about. The other, the other one I do is when someone talks about their daughter and someone. I always go, "Their daughter and Davy," and no one knows what I'm talking about. Uh, oh. The daughter, Fern and Davy. <laughs> was it? I, yeah, I don't know. Is, so was it Victor Styles? I don't know who these people. That sounds, are. sounds right. I only know I'm right. Victor. I don't know. There's no other Victors in this movie, so. According to IMDb, which, you know. Well, he has a couple episodes. But, well, that song is, when I think of that song, I think of that, the romp, as they call it, as they yes. run along the beach. And then that girl in that episode was, like, murdered. What? Oh, gee. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, when she, like, three years later. Oh, man. She, she was, like, she was, I think she was English, and she was in, she was in The Monkees, and then she was in, like, one movie in, like, 1968. And then in like 1970, she was murdered. Oof. The main princess, what's her name? Patiba? Baktiva? I can't remember oh, her name. It's been a while. So. Yeah. Princess Baklava. The girl with the blonde hair. Yeah. Arrest this man. I order it as your queen. <laughs> wow. But yeah. she was murdered young, and you can look it up. And it's kind of, I think it was like never solved. Oh, shit. Never found the oh, murder. Boy. Sorry to get a... so grim. But, yeah, Hollywood's yeah. a danger. Yeah, it was a scary place back then. You know? Yeah, but she was in. She was in one other movie. Had a promising career, and she was like twenty-two. Oh my god, twenty-three, something like that. But uh, that just didn't seem to be her day. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no. Ooh. Well, I guess it's it's like fifties. <laughs> yeah, this one. 
doesn't seem to be my song. If it's it's another Boys and Heart one, it's probably one they wrote last minute because they needed a song. But, of course. Yeah. That's what they always do. But it's the same crew pretty much. Wayne Irwin, Gary McGee, Louis Shelton, Billy Lewis, Gene Estes, percussion. But this also does have Joseph DiTullio on the cello. So, huh. Oh, yeah, there's that old cello part. Yeah, That's cello. nice. But, you know, I, I don't want to – it's not a remark against Davey because obviously they were just picking him to sing it. But, I mean, he did seem to get some of the the – lesser songs yeah yeah <laughs> i think i think they were trying to make them like the the peter noon the herman's hermits they had all those cutesy yeah teeny bopper songs and he was the english kid so yeah. they kind of gave him those kind of you know even on the next album or two they kind of just gave him the the little kind of yeah. goofy songs and they gave mickey the rock and roll songs that he could sing um, right. As, as, as Mickey once said in, a, in an interview, he was like, well, Davey had a Broadway voice, and I was the only one that could go, baby, 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 baby. <laughs> okay. So he said he got stuck with that stuff. Makes but, perfect sense. But yeah, and I mean, but Davey was also, it was kind of also his character. You know, he was the guy who got the girl. My character. Yeah. My character. My character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Jones, you've got a lovely daughter. Yes, he sang all those songs. That was just his, his wheel. Uh, whoever heard of the drummer singing? Such a first mistake. <laughs> As Peter Noon said. Oh, really? Oh, mm. okay. Yeah. All right, so let's let's dance on and let's move on <laughs> to let's dance on. <laughs> Let's dance on, oh baby, come on. Let's dance on until the dawn, have fun till the music's all gone. This is the only, this song has no bass in it. No bass? There's no bass no in it. You're right. I always liked this song. This song always made my toe tap. It's got a nice a, little riff to it. It's a fun little song. I, I don't. It's I don't like agree. super. It's super mid '60s sounding. Yeah, yeah. It it's, it's nice, and it's and it, you can tell it's early monkeys because it's kind of like no. There's no like character to it. It's very mid '60s rock and roll. <laughs> it is, and it, yeah, it's almost like it could have been in the '50s to me. So I remember the. Uh, I was thinking of that girl in the the pilot with the black hair doing like the monkey or whatever, and it pauses. Yeah, it pauses. It's like a friend of the producer or whatever. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Ooh, avant garde. <laughs> oh, Ray Folson. world's oldest flower child. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's from Monkeys on the Wheel, oh, season two. Okay. Not not a great episode, I don't think. No, Other than, I was I was I do... laugh at this. You're standing on my foot. <laughs> I laugh every time they do that. <laughs> What's the one where Peter, like, where they're all motorcycle people, and the, the woman's like, the face it. Monkeys. Yes, face it. You're a sissy to Peter. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's real mean. <laughs> yeah. And the monk, and then when the monkey, uh, the fake monkey, come, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> behind me. Oh, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> it's all, it's all in my brain. It will never leave. These will be the last images I see on my deathbed. <laughs> Images from the monkeys. <laughs> a, a monkey, a, a fake monkey crawling all over Mickey Dolan's on a motorcycle. Yeah, that's probably it. Well, all right. So, but yeah, Les Dance On is a toe tapper. I agree. It's, it's 
Toe Tapper and from the and written for the pilot. That's one of the original yep. three. Yep. And that again an important yeah. an important song at that. Right. But it's track nine here. But back then you gotta remember you had to flip the record, you know? It wasn't just like track nine. Yeah, it was like What side. was the starter on the second that the second side? That? I have no idea. I don't. Hmm. I have. I think. Somewhere. What? What? What was the first song on the second side? Yeah, had to be Last Train to Clarksville. Maybe at seven. Oh, that makes sense. At seven, it probably was. I I don't have it in front of me. I could probably Google it right now, but. Uh, eh. I have the original album from the '60s. My mother-in-law had them all and gave them to me. Oh, nice. And I, and I lost my Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones record. I don't know where that went. I think I had Wait. two of them. I should just skip it to you if you want. But mine was from the '60s. Well, I mean, mine. I don't. I think mine was. Well, I'll I'll still take it. Yeah, sure. As All right. My All right. It's so, so, around somewhere. Yeah. All right. So we got another Goffin, but this one is Russ Teitelman. Is that how you? I don't even know who this person is, but Russ Teitelman. Teitelman. But I'll be true to you. Yes, I will. I'll be true to you, yes I will I'll be true to you, yes I will I won't look twice when the other girls go by I'll be true to you like lovey skip over skip <laughs> i skip over I most davy jones songs i know that one the hollies did that i was talking about earlier but yeah. i remember this song from the the first monkeys album i have was called hit factory yeah had like that yeah. real weird picture of them like from when i don't even know like early was it on, before they were filming it was like like they look yeah, all strange yeah like mike has a funny little cap it's not yeah. the right cap yeah, and it has like weird like '80s fonts. Yeah, and I, I think but that was the first. Wow, that's the first my, one you my had. My first Monkeys cassette. Yeah, the uh, my mom got it for me at the little rock and roll store next to Marshalls and uh, in Weymouth, North Dakota. Nice. Oh, yeah, North I remember North. that place. Yeah, so she got me that, and it was like a weird mix. It had like Porpoise song and a, 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 a real cro- listen to the band. I remember was on it, but also I'll be true to you. <laughs> it was like a weird yeah. <laughs> pick, just grab random I, songs. I sort of, I kind of love those like weird best of the monkeys albums. Like, so I think I, I made my own YouTube playlist to make monkeys flips because that was <laughs> that was like that was a bunch of weird songs too together. That, you know, yeah, be like, just kind of like a random, yeah. not even just like the the era, the kind of just the order they put them in. Yeah, right. Like, here's I think, one from 1966. Here's one from 1969. Yeah. Here's uh I think it's that fun. album starts off with um, what's the first song in Headquarters? You Told, told me. me. I think it yeah. starts off with that one. Wow. Three, four, oh, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. <laughs> I, I think I, up until like recently, I still had that tape and I was like, well, what am I going to do with this? I don't have anything to play tapes in, but I probably I found, it. I found my tape, my cassette player yesterday. I went in oh, search wow. of it in the basement because I wanted to transfer some recordings I had of old bands onto digital. Oh, 
like old bands, like your bands, not old yeah, bands. my bands, not just old bands, my old bands. My what bands. what a treasure! Yeah. My what bands. A treasure. All right, yeah, treasure. <laughs> treasure. Yeah, so uh, the song this song is not my favorite. I never listened to it. Uh, moving on. Just so you know, track uh, the first track on side B was in fact Last Train to Clarksville. But how could it not be? Yeah. Hey, what a good good starter. Yeah. All right, moving on. Sweet young thing. The other Mike Nesmith with Carol King and Jerry Goffin credited. Uh, another short song, one fifty four. happened to my brain I'm either feeling very good or else I am insane The seeds of doubts you planted have started to grow wild and I feel that I must yield before the wisdom of a child And it's love you bring Know that I can deny With your wings I can learn to fly Sweet young thing is this the song Nesbeth made uh, Carol King cry on? I don't remember that. <laughs> I I'm don't know. I did not hear that. Uh, a young thing. Sweet young thing. Yeah, but I'm just thinking. One... I'm thinking of all the old people dancing around in the, around the fountain. Everything that you're saying about these songs is the exact same thing that I think. <laughs> when I hear these songs, we're, we're in the same boat, the same yeah. mind sharing brains but this one was actually recorded rca so this wasn't one of those like we'll let mike do his thing over there across town like this was but it was 8 to 12 8, you know 8 p.m to 12 a.m according to this i'm trying to think of the story I, I can't remember if it was mike had a song and they want to kind of hustle him along so like here right with these guys or that might have been the kind of girl i could love on the next album mm -hmm. There was there were a couple of times where you got kind of like stuck with someone because they were trying to like hurry him along to just get the song finished in a timely manner. Oh, I mean maybe. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't. I don't have any info on that. All this stuff is in the Andrew Sandoval book. Oh, I'll... for anyone. Well, should, we should have brought him on the show. You're, you I talked. know. Yeah, you're like pals. <laughs> well, I'll call him next time. He was. He was upset about Bob Rafelson. He was. He said he was the last interview he did for the new reissue of the Monkeys book. Oh. He talked to him, and uh, I guess Rafelson used to like contact him even in the past year and be like, "Hey, what's going on? What's the uh, any new Monkey stuff coming out?" Which interesting. is interesting because Monkey, like uh, the Monkey stuff, seemed to be vilified by Rafelson and Schneider after they mm -hmm. got too cool for school with Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess he was. But still I think I think he, he I think he sort of returned to it every now and then. It seemed it seemed as though because I I've seen I saw interviews with him where he was praising the monkeys, but I, I think he was a little uh, on the two faced side as well. Yeah, he wanted to be then, a real cool hipster. Yeah, yeah. that era. But yeah, it was. Uh, I'll 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 have to look into that. But it, uh, that's what I think happened with that song with some sort of. Well, yeah, it seems like it, because, I mean, it's Carol King, Jerry Goffin, and Mike Nesmith are credited as the writers. 
Uh, Mike sings it. Mickey does the backing vocals. Yeah, we get Glenn Campbell again. James, uh, James, James Burton. Burton, Al Casey, and Michael DC are all credited on guitar, and Jimmy Bryant on the fiddle. Yeah, that fiddle was the, the sound. <laughs> What's going on back there? You know, and then you think of the old people dancing around the fountain. Bob West. And, that, and, uh, and is that the one where JV holds the telephone in his mouth? Oh yeah, when they're when they're doing the tryout for uh, for the uh, the audition for Bunsen Hubble. Yeah, find the monkeys episode. Yes. Yes, Bunsen Hubble. Hubble? Which is uh, another uh, Benson Benson Hubble. Is that it? it? Yeah, I can. That's another Hubble. reference I I make to Mrs. Elder all the time because he's like. Irene Chomsky, what's wrong with me? And then she starts listing off all the things that are wrong with him. Well, you're rude, impolite, cheap. Which I think rude and impolite are kind of the same thing, but that's okay. <laughs> I found a little blurb here about it. Oh, uh, they were, they were, they're working on I Won't Be the Same Without Her, which was a Carol King, Jerry Goffin song that appears on... I like that song, on Instant yeah. Replay. Instant Replay, and... Uh, the, the the other versions weren't there versions with other Mickey singing or Peter singing I can't remember that was um I don't think you know me at all yeah that's it that's what I was thinking of but it says um after a ten minute break of that song the musicians return to rehearse and record Sweet Young Thing this recent collaboration by Michael with songwriters Jerry Goffin and Carol King is a bizarre but rocking confluence of bluegrass fiddle fuzz guitar and hard hitting drums of six tapes. Six takes taped, only the first and last are complete. Michael selects the final pass, as, uh, take six for the master, and overdubs will be recorded on July 27th. As in the previous track, a Dano bass is used for Sweet Young Thing. And Michael recalls, I think Sweet Young Thing was a good song. I liked Jerry and Carol quite a bit. It was not the sort of songwriting alliance that I would continue to any great effect. I was not a fan of the writing environment. I didn't like being cast in with some other folks and being told, write with them. Jerry and Carol had very strong songwriting styles. I really enjoyed working with them. It was just the circumstances that were tough. So that's what I think happened was he was kind of like, they were kind of like, here, write a quick song with these pros. Huh. And, uh, and that's what happened. Well, I think it's I think it's a good song, though. I think it's one of the... I yeah, it is it. good. Yeah. So. That, that's probably a top three, I would say, on that album. Yeah. One of the stronger ones. I, it's basically, I mean, I don't want to say the, it's the, the end of the album, but I mean, it kind of is because the last song is Gonna Buy Me a Dog. friends you can get, I'm telling you. I'm gonna buy me a dog. My girl, my girl, no one know how. Don't ruin my song. <laughs> <laughs> really sorry, I had it ruined, but it was wrong. Uh, where's the first? She used to bring me my, my newspaper. 
Which was more of a novelty song. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's, was that a Kirchner thing? Was he like, you want to, we have to put a silly song? That was um, the Ringo song, I think you would call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The Ringo really, like, Auntie, Auntie Griselda would be that. Auntie Griselda was the Ringo song, yeah. Oh, so that, that I was, see. Like Ringo. He needed, a, he needed like a sweet, you know, like a sweet ballad. And kind of like, and then you would say like a song with a girl's name, and then the Ringo song, like that was kind of his formula for every album that at least have those, those things, those elements. I mean, it does seem like they were just kind of. I mean, this is just them goofing around. Like, uh, Nikki and Davey share the vocals, but they're kind of just talking, and they make some goofy jokes in the middle about. Oh, I was just I just got back from Africa. I was playing cards with the natives. Oh, Zulus? No, I usually won. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, who writes this stuff? Yeah, who writes this stuff? I think they were losing their mind by by then in the work schedule. But the, looking here, it's kind of funny that series music coordinator Don Kirshner joins the session for the taping of "Gonna Buy Me a Dog," and offers the following advice. Bobby, you see, the thing is, it's a funny tune. I mean, if we're going to get funny, we might as well be funny and different. Mickey and Dave will get the chance to make the song both funny and different in a vocal session tomorrow. Bobby Hart. We were going to, we were trying to follow the whole Beatles formula all the way. That's what was happening with the TV show. At least that's what they told us. So we tried to do it musically as well. We wanted to have one novelty number in there, like Ringo's obligatory novelty piece on every Beatles record. <laughs> so that's straight from Bobby Hart. Well, there so they, you go. They, there was kind of like a corporate... You can kind of see how they would get tired of this. As especially Mike and Peter, it's right. like they're forcing this formula on you, and there's no room for you to be creative and do you know, you, you want to do like a real passionate song instead of gonna buy me a dog. So, when I think of gonna buy me a dog, I think of all the little dogs and the puppies playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where else are you gonna? What a great, great day that would be. I'm thinking of Mike with the arrow through his head. Is that the same one, or is that a. There's a part uh, where Mike know. has like one of those funny Steve Martin. I, I know what you're talking thing. about. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if that's that's, it. that's what's coming. He's wearing, he's wearing like that black like jumpsuit thing. Yeah, the little like wetsuit. Is that that yeah. one? Um, well, it I think it's like a parachute outfit because didn't they film the uh, the Yardley Black Label advertisement? Uh, uh, he's wearing that thing in it. That's probably it. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, all these things are coming together now. Yeah. Hey, you still learn something new every day. Some guys have it. <laughs> some guys never will. Yardley is for you. Have some Yardley, sir. Damn. Yardley cologne. Yeah, that was the thing, Harrison. For like cornflakes, okay, but men's cologne. Cologne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. K E double L. So double good. Kellogg's just for you. What best for you? Go check out their, um, their. I'm sure they're on YouTube, right? The the monkeys Kellogg's commercials just for the fun of I it. Think you know what the, you know the weird one is? Is I think they do one with like Bugs Bunny for like yeah. Kool Aid or something. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's like after Peter Tork had left, so it's only yeah, it's like the three of them. Oh, yeah. Mickey's got those like weird sideburns at that point. I think the, the pointy ones. Yeah, they did uh, Kool Aid and Nerf in '69. Oh, a nerf's nice. a nerf. That's Mike's last appearance when he says, a nerf's a nerf. Wow. On the <laughs> nerf ball commercial. And that's when he left in 1970. He's like, I've had it. A nerf's a nerf. Yeah. How ironic. <laughs> the 
fade out, I always liked the fade out of Gonna Buy Me a Dog with them all talking and kind of going crazy. I don't really like the song, but I was kind of had he, a little chuckle of them. They're coming to take me away. Yeah, oh, well, he does that. Another Beatles, you know, reference there is, uh, yeah, they're coming to take us away. Hi. Very, very silly stuff going on. Yeah. And, I, and you can feel like the, the manic energy that they had back then, especially Davey and Mickey, I assume. But that's what they were encouraged but to do did, with um, all the improvisation. Davey live with Mike for a little while or something like that at the very beginning of the show? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they all kind of like and then they, And then they ended up hating each other. Well, yeah. Not yeah. liking each other that much. I think it was more of a Davey didn't like Mike when Mike just didn't really care or pay attention to anything. <laughs> I think Davey just wanted like a showbiz job and Mike wanted to, yeah. be, Mike wanted to do his own thing. Yeah. yeah, he seemed like a Mike seemed like a difficult man. All the stuff I've been reading after his death. In certain, I mean, I, yeah, I always I liked him as a as a person and influence. Yeah, I I don't think I would I don't think I would have wanted to work with him either. You know, what? I don't think I would have wanted to work with Mickey back then. He seemed like he would have been really annoying because he would have been too hyper for me. I mean, they were probably all doing some a lot of weed or something too, probably right. I mean, I yeah. Don't wanna, well, yeah. that's what the Frodus Caper is named after. That was their His... secret word for marijuana. Oh, really? The... Yeah, it was Frodus. Frodus. Is yeah. that when like he started wearing that sort of rug yeah. thing? That tablecloth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably. It was uh, the style of the time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's true. Which is the style at the time. Uh, so I just. On the original 1966 album liner notes, it does say "Meet the Monkeys," and they list David Jones as being five three. Just so he really was like. Also, but I am original, standing up, you know. The original pressing of the album has Papa Jean's blue spell bra. Yes, we're in a haunted house or something. Yeah, what's That's going on? That's my door. Oh, all right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so the original it has its jeans. J-E-A-N-S. Yeah, where is that? I was actually watching the episode of the monkeys in the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> with uh, the, just to get some more influence. Perfect fake background. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, Papa Jean was actually the wardrobe guy, Jean Ashmont. Oh, really? That's what, it, that's what it's named after? Yeah. Hey, all right. Yeah. You learn something new every day. There we go. Everybody is learning something I'm watching the, uh, On YouTube, there's a compilation of every interview from the end of the shows. I was talking to Durst about this because Bob Rievelson's the interviewer in all of them. We're a minute right. short, guys. All those. Yeah. And you remember yeah. the one with uh, Kiva, the makeup guy? Where he comes out and they kind of like give him a headlock and put makeup on him. And he's like, oh, these boys are so nice. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. He's just that little, little makeup man from the show. Hmm. Fun to see some little uh, you know, stuff from the background. The people behind the scenes. So is... Was, like the... Uh, the Christmas episode at the end with all the people at the Christmas. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> Davey's like, I don't know who this person is, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does he call someone a poof? This guy's oh, a poof. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Watch it, it's funny. It's a good episode. That's one of my favorite ones. I like the. That's also another one I make reference to a lot where he's like, hold my hand, Melvin. It gives me a sense of security. <laughs> hold my hand, Melvin. <laughs> yeah. Good one. I think a lot yeah. of monkeys reference it, and I didn't realize it until tonight. <laughs> well, for me, the show is what I always go back to as the, the thing. The, the music, there's the great songs, but there's the, the show is always kind of the, the it's like a, 
it's always been so interesting to me because it's like two, almost like two separate universes. There's them yes. as like the pros making the songs, and there's the show, which is just a silly, funny sitcom that I liked. But well, it's the same people and the same, you know, there's all the intermingling of creative people. Well, one of the funny things I I read recently about Bob Ravelson was that he he directed a couple of the episodes in the first season, but he had never directed anything before, but he had like a vision and he couldn't decide, he couldn't really convey to anyone else how he saw it. And so he just said, well, I'll just direct it. And then he, hmm. after that, he decided to hire a lot of first time directors because he had this idea what the show was supposed to be and a lot of the quick cuts and like just the, the funny, like it was just supposed to be different than the other shows. And I found that really interesting, just that, like, yeah, like, he had this vision, and he kind of went through with it by hiring inexperienced directors to direct all the episodes. And I thought that was... But they were influenced by the Beatles movies quite a bit, who was directed by Richard Lester. Listen to our Superman 3 episode if you want to hear what we think of his future films. (laughs) (laughs) uh, James Frawley... James Frawley was a a director on a bunch of the episodes, and he'd go on to direct... The first Muppet movie. Oh. The Rainbow Connection. Yeah. I Apparently difficult to work with as well on that. So. Jesus Christ. How do you make the Muppet movie and you're difficult to work with? <laughs> Christ right. sake. It's the how fucking Kermit, Muppets. How do you oh. Kermit provide that bicycle? <laughs> Just a little frog on that bicycle. Yeah. Don't that was that little dog. No, I thought it looked odd because you never see legs on Muppets. A problem. I know, that's why oh, that, it was kind yeah. of weird. Yeah, Him hmm. riding along. That makes perfect sense. Well, he dances with Fozzie, too. So that was also oh, weird. yeah, that's right. That was also another... Where they saw the and, James, and James Cobar. That's right. I am the owner. That's my, <laughs> one of my favorite lines. Why don't you complain to the owner? We don't have a James Coburn episode, but didn't we talk about him on something? Yeah, we just did one of his movies. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that already. <laughs> Go back and listen to our Try to put that out of my try to put that out of my mind. Oh my god. Well All right, so this is this album. That was the monkeys. Obviously there's there is kind of a lot more to unpack than I thought. So this is all over the show. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. all on the show, obviously, but like like I said, last last train to Clarksville. Uh you know, that's the quintessential monkey song, or one of them, one of the top three, probably. Uh, but there's other good stuff on here. I think Saturday's Child's fun. Papa Jean's Bloons is obviously excellent. Take a giant step, very good. Let's dance on, sweet young thing. Out of the fun. the two the two Kirshner produced albums, I think this is the better of the two. Right. I think, I think if they if you listen to the the super deluxe version, they had a lot of other available songs. I mean, they never put all the King's horses out or of you. There's a there's a few that I think were stronger than, you know, I'll be true to you, yes I will. And <laughs> Yes I will. This just doesn't seem to be my day. But that's I don't know, that was just the corporate people hedging their bets against what the kids wanted to hear. But there were a lot of good songs recorded in the era, but the super deluxe version has You Just May Be the One version one, which is one of my favorite monkey songs. So that's a that's a good little hit. The uh, that the non headquarters version is on the super yeah. deluxe version. I prefer that one to the headquarters one. Me too. And I was yeah. when I was a kid and I got headquarters in my stocking for Christmas. 
was like, hey, you just may be the one. That's like my favorite monkey song. And then it was completely different. Yeah, like, it's like it's slow. Yeah. It was, it's still good. I like that version, too. It's as, still good. You know. It's still good. But yeah, I love it's still good. Yeah. still good. Good harmonies. Just a little slimy. But the, uh, the old one was more toe-tap, and I think that might have had Glenn Campbell on it, too. There's a lot of cool um, like studio chatter between Mike when Mike's producing that song. I don't know if it's on that super deluxe version or on YouTube, but there's a lot of like cool little, you know, outtakes and they must, they did like a ton of takes, like, you know, 30 takes of the song. Hmm. But, um, I mean, that was available for them to be on that album. And I guess they just didn't want to give Mike the credit or they were kind of, like I said, hedging their bets about which songs to put on, but there were a lot of available songs of the era that could have been used to make it a stronger album, but, it is, wow. know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice album. And ironically, a couple years later, the monkeys appear on Glenn Campbell's Good Time Hour. Yes. Whatever it's called. So. Yes. Because he's a rhinestone cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. They probably were thinking, like, what are the kids going to buy? You know, and they didn't really care as much about what the, you know, maybe not necessarily the song quality, but what was the, where did this go? Did this, I know Last Night at Clarksville obviously got to number one. What was, what was the temperature of this album when it was released? This album was was a huge hit. Oh, very. And good. then only eclipsed by more of the Monkees, which was even a bigger hit for them. Which only yeah, came yeah. out, which came out what? This came out in September, and then more of the Monkees came out in like December or something. January, yeah. January, oh, wow. yeah. I think the, I think I'm a Believer was released in December. Yeah, yeah. Oh to preempt so, the album, so and that's they why were they're like, all, huge. "Well, this album's already out, huh? <laughs> we just put out an album, not even six months, you know." Right. Yeah. I think back then, like, like the Beatles would do two albums a year, so it was like every six months. But they did the album was out in October, and the next one was out in January. So and then, kinda, then the next one, and Headquarters came out in '67 as well, in May, and and Pisces then uh, Pisces came out in November, like August or something. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, the show was That's only... a lot of stuff. It is. Yeah, the, sh- a lot of the show, they needed the content, but it was like a juggernaut. But I don't know how they did... I, I don't know. Thinking about like those long hours and yeah. taping a show. and sit- I mean, I don't know how... I've never been on a sitcom, but it sounds like a lot of work, but it also sounds like <laughs> a lot of just sitting around, which would kind of be exhausting to me. Hey, you're here right. at 6 a.m. Yeah. for makeup, and then we shoot from 7 to 5 or whatever, and then it's... You go eat dinner and then you're in the studio from seven yeah, to midnight. You, you can yeah. you can get by when you're nineteen or twenty, I think, for a while. Think, yeah, but better it, than yeah. I could now. That's for sure. Yeah, right. But also, you, you kind of think whole... like, yeah, how much of that sitting around time? You almost think like, couldn't I just run to the studio and cut a couple of hours off my, you know? No. Like... That, that's what the the black box and head is sort of like a representation of the time that they had. The downtime, because yeah. they, they used to have something that they would go in and just they would get like high. They would play around. music, too, though, yeah. too. That's yeah. how they got to be kind of good for the tours. They would, like, go between, like, when they were setting up the shots, they'd go over and play the instruments on the, you know, the little stage in their apartment. <laughs> well, that's yeah, like... according to Mickey, on that last tour, he said they would usually play Papa Nez songs, because that's all they had. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. He was the only one, yeah, that was the only songs they actually knew. But, you uh, can play them. Yeah. Right. But there are a couple like little shots on the show in the first season where like they're actually playing together. 
and they said those are like they turned on the cameras when the monkeys were like kind of just like jamming in between shots and there's that one where uh in the second season i think where mickey's playing that little drum beat and peter's playing guitar yeah that's the worst song yeah that was like another that was like kind of what they do they would just they'd have the the little stage and the drums and the amps and the guitars and they would play and that's how they kind of became a band it's because they had all that time doing nothing on the show right well it is a boring i mean like i don't I, again i like yourself i have never worked in a sitcom but i've but you've yeah. been in some feature films oh with denzel washington been in yeah like i'm there i'm in that movie <laughs> It's a lot of like setting up shots and but yeah, it's the, hours you know, and hours. Spin. Like those, they're like sixteen-hour days, and you're just like doing nothing from for most of it. Most of the time, like you might be working about forty-five minutes of the sixteen hours. You know, well, they're probably just checking their phones and doing right. stuff like that, playing <laughs> Wordle. Yeah, back they're, in nineteen sixty-six, they were doing. Yeah. Well, they're I mean, probably playing, yeah. playing jacks. That sounds fun. I got twosies. <laughs> twosies. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it was a different time, but that—that that seemed to be when you read a lot of the stuff. That seems to be like kind of the basis of like we're gonna form a group or whatever Davey said. Yeah, when they're on stage. Yeah, but they got—you know—they figured out how to play together and they got it going, and then they started writing more songs together and they wanted more money, wow. more credits, more credits as producers, and later on they became named as producers on the albums and they got all that all those points on the albums. Mm. So this is the, this is the beginning of the germination of the right. monkeys saga. It's true. A goddamn German's got nothing to do with it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing when you think about it. That was, what did we say? August to Basically, November? yeah, like it's August just... to November, you know, yeah, like where it was number one. And they were recording it like late July. Yeah, so like, July to, to July to November. Right. Like this was, and they were, yeah, like, and they were working the show while they were doing it. So. And no wonder they had such big heads because they're like, oh, anything we touch turns to. Seriously. Turns yeah. to gold. And I mean, the show was only on from 66 to 68, right? I mean, it was pretty. Yeah, it's only two seasons. Yeah, it's pretty relatively short run for a show. Well, part but they also of what did happened, like twenty something episodes, right? It wasn't like yeah, they, today. Yeah, there was almost yeah, they did uh, fifty eight episodes altogether in two years. But right. one of the things that hurt the show was um, when they they brought it out for potential affiliates. They had the monkeys come out on stage, and they were just doing like shtick, and apparently it went over very poorly with you know the middle aged white guys that were in charge of NBC affiliate stations. And they lost out on like 40 different channels or something ridiculous. Oh, so the show wasn't seen as widely as it could have been. So like that hurt it in the ratings. But, but more also... Popular, more popular rating, syndication. Yeah. Right. The next but, but ratings back then, you know, like 20 million viewers was considered like a low amount of viewership, you know, right. back in the 60s. It's if you only like had now, like four channels, yeah. you know, to watch. So. <laughs> But it was on. It was also on, like what was it on, like seven thirty or something. Yeah, it was. It was against Gilligan's Island, which was, oh. uh, I guess, a fairly heavy hitter on TV at the time. So, I think it was only really popular too, like 
when people caught on, I think it was only popular, like, you know, like come out September, then maybe like it starts to catch on with the kids. So maybe like October through, I want to say like January, like the end of season one. And then I think when kind of when it came back in season two, it wasn't, they were like, Oh, they look weird. They were <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, there was still like the younger people wanted to see the monkeys, but it wasn't like, you know, there was like the next, they were onto the next thing by the early part of, you know, when it's season two, season two would have started in early 67, right? Yeah, September. Yeah. September, that's oh, right. Okay. Yeah. They, had, they had the summer off, but they shot everything in the earlier <clears throat> part of 67. But when it came back after the summer of 67, it wasn't quite, the, it didn't have the, the shine to it. Yeah. And uh, plus, Headquarters didn't, didn't do as well as the first two albums, so it was kind of like a double whammy. Still did well. The, um, it wasn't. Like, yeah, it still it sold like three million copies, but yeah, compared to what the other ones did, it wasn't like the uh, big, big thing that the. There moment. were no, there were no singles off of that album either. Yeah, it was always headquarters. Weird. Yeah, they never released a single. Yeah. Huh. They released a, a little bit me, a little bit you in January, and then I think June was Pleasant Valley Sunday was the next single. So it was that gap between January and June, which I think hurt them. Without having a single, they could have. I don't know. In England, they did alternate they did. title. Yes, that's right. Randy Scott's skit. Randy Scott's skit. But I think they were, weren't they talking about like, rude. get that girl or I can't remember. There was a couple. There was a couple they were considering. No time, maybe. I, I don't know what they were thinking of doing. Yeah. I don't know. And, uh, I don't know. But that's either. a big. That's a big gap for a single back then because they did. Uh, that's they put in four album. albums out a year. Well, right. You, yeah, we had just exactly. yeah, we had already said like how many albums are we doing? So yeah. But back then it was a big thing for the kids who couldn't buy a full a full length album to go buy the single with the two songs on it for like you know sixty five cents or whatever it was. The nice. kids could get their pocket change and go get the singles right away. Nice. So I think I think that kind of hurt them. Hmm. In in hindsight. Well, I think they did okay. I think there was a bunch of stuff in hindsight that kind of hurt them. <laughs> yeah, it sort of hey, seemed but... like every every move you could make that would be the wrong one was the move they made. Oh. Well, the first album was a good one. Yeah, and good, a good starting point. It was, and the, I, I think they did okay for themselves. I think they, uh, you know, even I think though they're handsome older men, even they're all dead. But uh, yeah. Hey, you're it next. Was, it was number one, as we said, <laughs> thirteen weeks. So I mean that's pretty good for for these guys. Who it was like even... the highest selling debut album until I don't know, like Michael Jackson or something. Wow, that's, that's I could be wrong. Well, something like that. I think you're yeah. right. Boston maybe. Boston. Wow. That debut album of Boston was a was a big boy in '75. Big boy did it. Holy big shit. boy did it. Big boy did it. All right. Well, maybe we'll end on that note. That. They made all those mistakes. No, just kidding. But yeah. uh, they, we'll, we'll, we'll end it there. I'll go back. I'll go back into my monkey's library and start studying for the next one. Yes, yeah, study for the next one. But yeah, check out. I mean, obviously the show. It's probably streaming somewhere. If you want to hear, I don't all these think songs. it is. Really? It's all. It's all off YouTube. I went. I went to watch it on YouTube, and it's gone. Um, it's they took it all be. down. We'll check again. This was a couple of weeks ago. It's crazy. It's got to be somewhere. I, don't know. I mean, I maybe saw not playlist. for free. I saw a playlist that said all the episodes, but that could also be I've seen other playlists and you go click on it and it's not what it tells you it is. So. And they did re-release the Blu-ray. I don't know what happened with that first edition of the Blu-ray where they lost all the covers or whatever, or they lost a bunch of 
Blu-ray, you know, copies in in storage or something or in a fire. I forget what it was. Weird. But then wow. when they went back, when when Mickey went back out again, all of a sudden everyone was posting on Facebook that hey, look, they ha- they're selling them here on tour, but we couldn't get them online for the past two years, and people were spending like three thousand dollars on a copy. Oh uh, yeah, you were talking to me about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People are spending like two to three thousand dollars on sealed copies of the Blu-ray. Wow. Um, now, now it's back. So I think you can go to monkeys.net or com. What's I forget what's the what the real. Yeah, I think service. it's dot net. I think I you're right. Yeah. But they have the Blu-ray for sale if you want a real authentic version of the new updated Blu-ray where Andrew Sandoval went back and they cleaned up all the film and made it brighter and cleaner and neater. Does it kind of a, does it come in, does it come in a cool like little record? Uh, yeah, case, like, there's, like there's, there's a there's a there's a forty five in there too. For oh, your, nice, for your, nice for your vinyl people. I feel what's on what's, it. The re- I I bought that head deluxe thing just so I could get the forty five of like Porpoise Song as an instrumental. Nice. I was also oh, loaded back. I was I was I was loaded back then, so I could just spend money on anything. <laughs> yeah. Stay out of the vodka. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. I've had many of those late night purchases. Ooh, I've had a few. Drinks. Let's see what's on. I, I bought the monkey scripts. I bought a, a, uh, the first TV guide. Nice. Oh, I I had um, like a complete collection of the trading cards that my mother in law gave me, but you know, you leave that stuff behind at your parents' house and then they throw it out. So, oh you know, no! So there's a lot of Don't. stuff I I had that is gone that well, I've had to go and rebuy since. <laughs> It's out one move. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> so it looks like it's on Tubi if you wanna if you wanna watch the monkeys, but it's probably not oh, the super Tubi. it's the super it's not the super nice like Blu ray version. That's right. So it's still on there right now. That's so, good. It's good to know. So check I was trying that to watch out. I was trying to watch an episode with my son because he's all into Soviet history right now. Oh so we I was watching clips of the spy who came in from the pool. Yes. <laughs> he found that I found that very humorous. He was laughing at that stuff. Um, that honey, and over the, there? honey and the Bear? Toss to popsicles. Uh, yes, Honey and the Bear. Blow up the Senate. <laughs> we'll end our silence. Uh, what a good episode. All right, check those out. Check out Pedro. Uh, not Pedro Sandoval. He was the baseball player. Andrew. <laughs> Sorry, I've had a couple myself. I might go buy a couple of things. <laughs> My favorite monkey's historian, Pedro Sandoval. Pedro and the third Pablo, baseman. Pablo Sandoval. Pablo, that was the guy's name. Pablo oh, Sandoval. Just... The big fat guy who played for the Red Sox. Did he have a funny nickname like Panda or something like that? I think he was, he was something like that. Panda Pablo. Sandoval. Papa Fatty. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, but no, Andrew, right? Is the, is the Andrew Sandoval, name. yes. Yeah. He's all involved. He, he's out there on social media and he's a a good guy and he's got he's got all the knowledge. And all all the access to all the files and all the recordings. Did, you, get, did you bring the files? Did you bring the files? Yeah, except it's the predator. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, thanks, Yo, for coming thanks on. Thanks to you. Thanks, thank to you. Yo, for coming on. Thanks to John Hunt. Thanks for anyone who listened. Leaguepodcast.com. You and you and you. You and you and you and you and you and wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, uh, don't forget. Uh, I don't know. That's, I don't know why I said don't forget. Thanks for Don't forget. Don't forget. I don't know. Don't forget to like and subscribe. That's what I was mean. That's what people there say. There you go. Atta boy. That's what people say on podcasts. 
Yeah. Who writes this stuff? Smash that like button. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Do you have more demo tears?